and welcome everybody. This is BMP Weekly episode 174, and we are back from the summer break, uh, which is kind of cool, isn't it? Right, Valek? Yay! Yes, we are. Yes, we are back, and it's cool, and we are in one piece, healthy, yes. as healthy. far as I as we can tell. Yep, yep, looks promising. Now, in the BMP Weekly, we always talk about the latest on the Microsoft 365. Um, we typically, we always have a visitor in the show. Uh, this time is Ahmed uh, Topic last name, come on. Ah, Natar. Natar, thank you. Sorry, Ahmed. <laughs> so, wow, this is what happens when you're having a summer vacation. So, uh, he's an MVP, uh, has been around for community areas for a long, long, long time. Works as a architect manager, if I remember correctly, uh, in the Power Platform Power Automate side in Avenate. And we talk about the, what does it actually mean in practice and the transition or the evolve, how the Power Platform has evolved from a release back in 2016. That was an actually interesting uh, small nuance uh, that is actually already six years old. Now, after the interview, we always cover articles. I needed to think what I want to actually say after the interview. What do we do in this show, actually? <laughs> Who are you? We anyway? always, cover, always cover the articles. This time we have actually quite a few articles. We're going to call them out, but we're not going to deep dive in many of them unless there's any super specific uh, details. So there's so much to cover because we've been on a summer break slacked. for how long? One and a half months? We slacked, yeah. We slacked. Co- collectively, I think we've been away for six weeks, yeah. Oh, what? anyway, so we'll go through the articles and, and we actually, oh, yeah, that's really good. Anyway, so I have no idea what book I'm Book of news. Yeah. We, 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 we will have a PMP weekly book of news. Yes, this time. Yes, rather than, <laughs> yeah, that's actually clever. But with, without taking any more time on the intros and anything else, let's jump on the interviews and then go back on the articles right after that. So welcome, Ahmad, uh, joining on the PMP Weekly episode 174. We did need to check that one out because uh, we had no recollection on <laughs> which episode we are actually running this time. It's been um, 84 years. It's been 84 years. Well, Baldek, this is your first day after the vacation, right? As, uh, Correct. Correct. Welcome back. Uh, I, I, I joined you. last week already, but had a pretty disconnected week because of family reasons. Uh, but it's fine. It's, it's all good. Now... Let's start, Ahmad, directly on jumping on, on you. Who are you and what do you do for a living? All right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, before introducing myself, I'm very happy to be part of the show. A big fan of the show. Big fan of you two guys. Thank you very much for having thank me. You. So first things first, my name is Ahmed Najjar. Uh, very good job based on pronouncing my name. Uh, so uh, I'm based in Oslo, Norway, and, and I work as a power platform architect lead at Avalon. And basically, I'm just involved in a, a lot of things as well. One of them is actually a project uh, that is an open source project that is called the uh, Independent Publisher Connector. Uh, yep. One of the, the first ones to be part of it, part of it involved in it. Uh, we are starting back again to have those meetings. Uh, now I've worked with SharePoint for over 15 years. Still work closely with Office 365, but my main focus right now is more the Power Platform. Uh, I've been introduced to the Power Platform ever since the beta version of Microsoft Flow, which was at the very beginning, 2016, and worked with uh, Power Automate, Power Apps, and all Power Platform. And yeah, that's uh, very short about myself. <laughs> so, in- interestingly, or not, you <laughs> seem to have the same kind okay. of background as well. Well, you probably started with SharePoint, right? Kind of the same area. And then Power Platform was released and you were like, that's interesting. I want to do that. Do you recall what triggered what your was, attention? Like, how, like, yeah. w- like what made you curious and wanted to learn more about that thing? That's a pretty good question actually when i did this kind of like you know move in kind of like you know the the power platform or at least power automate at that point kind of like you know took the light and kind of caught my attention i was working with with nentix at at some point in doing this kind of workflows and i'm very fascinated with doing workflows and automating business processes and all that and by that time, when I was done with the project around the time 2015, 2016, I started reading about Microsoft Flow 
And I said, like, oh, it's a new thing from Microsoft. It should be also fully integrated with all the, you know, the Office 365, you know, services. And I thought that I need to have a look at it. And when I looked at it, it's actually based on connectors and there's a lot of APIs. I do have a developer background. I was like, wow, this is going to be something. Doing an abstract of all these APIs for people to work with all those yep. different services is a very smart thing. I want to do that thing. And this is kind of like what sparked the, you know, my my kind of like, you know, interest into uh, the Power Platform at that point. Was it's it actually like, like was it like, <laughs> you, you know, like coming from SharePoint designer workflows and you see this, like you can, you, you finally feel like you can breathe, like unconstrained with, you know, all and it's like you can more easily connect into everything that is exposed in Microsoft 365. Well, you, you you could say so. There's there's a couple of hiccups at the very beginning, yeah, you know, when you're working with, with tools and tell people to adapt to it, you know, understand what it is, how it actually they work with it. We kind of like, you know, made peace with SharePoint Designer at some point, and we kind of like, you know, know that this is how you do workflows with SharePoint. So we made peace with it. It was all right. But after after that, you need something. Like, everything is evolving, and you need to be something. And and, and the work became demanding, and and things needs to be done even more faster these days. Yeah. So that's why kind of like you know doing this way and having this abstract of all the APIs and putting them in all one platform is a very smart idea. This is kind of like what caught my attention. You know, away from having it in kind of like a workflow engine in the cloud. Also, you know, doing all this kind of bundle of all APIs, doing an abstract of them is a, is a very smart idea. But as I mentioned before, we made peace with SharePoint design. <laughs> so no hard feelings. <laughs> a bit of a hard feelings here and there, but hey, so it's okay. And, and, and it's interesting that you have a, you're an MVP and an MCT as well, because I got to see the certificates behind of your background, but it's it's basically, you have the similar kind of a background as many of the, the Power Platform, let's say people who've been around for a long time or in the development or Teams developments. A lot of people actually come from the SharePoint background because SharePoint was the way of doing cloud when we started. But then, of course, we started having then Teams, Power Platform, all of that stuff, investing more and more. And then it's not about SharePoint anymore. It's all about those individual applications and access points and Microsoft Cloud all up. So therefore, you need to have something which is not just SharePoint workflows because they were limited. They were only in that content management side. So, how do you? So you mentioned that uh, SharePoint, uh, sorry, Power Automate was released in 2016, which is actually six years ago, which is actually pretty wow. mind blowing when you think about it. How do you feel the growth and expansion uh, of kind of explosion of this no code, low code? Uh, it's been pretty wild uh, within the past years, right? Indeed. Indeed, and it, that's a really good point, and I thank you for this question, Vesa, because I wanted to talk about this thing. When, when, when we look back, or at least when I look back as well, because I worked with Microsoft Flow back then, it was just you know a small product, a small service under the Office 365 umbrella, and you could just do some stuff with it. Yep. You could automate with it. That's what you could do right now. Despite that, my role is a power platform architect and I kind of like, you know, work with the whole kind of like, you know, umbrella of services or under the umbrella of the power platform services. So I kind of like work with everything, but it is getting harder and harder right now to call yourself a power platform developer or a power platform architect because yeah, wow. there's a lot of details because of the explosion of the, the services and features that right now under each and every service in the Power Platform. When you talk about Power Automate, there's tons of services, tons of things to think about. Uh, when you talk about ALM, it was something that you never talk about before, but right now application lifecycle management is totally part of the Power Platform. Governance, and all that, it actually became so huge that you kind of like, you know, need specific people to kind of work on the different Specialists. services. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that, exactly. so isn't, isn't that, you know, um, part of Power Platform growing up in a way, as you said, like it would start as a small thing used primarily by people who 
didn't code or choose not to code because they just wanted to have something simple. And then over time, it expanded, it evolved. It became adopted for more business critical things that have that need for governance, structured release, governance and all of that. And with that, well, it's kind of inevitable that you need that. And then you need to bring back that expertise and adapt it to this new way of building solutions, right? That, that is correct. But Microsoft is trying so hard to kind of like, you know, do the abstraction of doing things instead of having those specialists to come and step in to help the business people. They are trying as much as possible to make things as, you know, small bites, easy bites for people. But still, you know, people are still kind of like, you know, it will be difficult for them. You still need specialists. You still need people, you know, like myself to work with the platform, help them how to do stuff, tell them that this goes, this does not go. And with the expansion of the product and becoming a, a main thing, you know, there's always going to be loose ends. Like when you think yeah. about it uh, this, this way, like there's a lot of abstraction, there's a lot of things that the business people can do, but when it comes to deploying your solution, that's something that to follow procedures that we as developers, us here in this call, understand very good. And you have to go by this process because it's like a, you know, we go back to the Bible of deployment and then we say, you don't, yeah, this you don't is build a prod, right? <laughs> exactly. You don't build a prod. Exactly. Exactly. So those things or procedures, you do understand, you know, very, very, very good. And, and that's why there's going to be some loose ends, things that probably the normal business people or we call them business developers or citizen developers. So those are cannot actually do this. I kind of like, you know, tend right now to call these people business technologists because they basically work with all the technologies, not necessarily working only with the Power Platform, because when you kind of like, you know, bring a lot of services within Power Automate, working with Outlook, working with Teams, working with approvals and different stuff, they're actually bringing technology into one kind of like, you know, plate and playing with it or probably yep. automating some process. So I tend to call them business technologists, if that and term works. So not forgetting about the connectivity on LOB ER, systems ER, and ER, integrating ERP on ERPs and, RPs, yeah, yeah, and exactly. HR systems and everything else, which so, is now available because of the connectors and in the, uh, the connectors which you can put in a power platform. Absolutely. Now, so how, how, how do you bridge the gap between <laughs> the messaging? Yeah, we have today with us, we have the mute fin on the... <laughs> No, no, you go first. <laughs> Sorry. You go first. <laughs> no. um, so I wanted to ask, because you represent a partner, uh, let's talk about your history in the past uh, in a second and all of that, but you are working in a large partner related on partner ecosystem. Obviously, partners is a big thing for Microsoft. How do you see the partner opportunities within a power platform? Um, because somebody might say that, well, it's been positioned kind of touched this already as a end user customer driven you don't need any you just do stuff in here and then then it's all good you'll be fine you can enable things to happen you mentioned the lucens is that a small part of it is there's a big part of it what is the partner opportunity on power platform well there there's a, there's a lot of partner opportunity over here because regardless of what you you're trying to teach people how to do things and it's there there's some kind of like you know culture or resistance i would say now our the generation that we have right now they're you know born into technology so you they use mobile fluently they learn by you know probably a couple of months to swipe over the ipads and stuff so they TV. do understand they want to exactly TV. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 when you think about it, that there's always going to be resistance. There's always be have people that they have way of work and they kind of like, you know, be reluctant against the new ways of working. And this is where people like us come to help with adoption. So this is one thing. I'm not mentioning here that, you know, all people, but I'm just saying in general, because this is kind of like a, a human thought that the people gets reluctant against, you know, using... Or yeah. ch change is hard. So this is one yeah. thing where where partners could come in and just help with adoption uh, training because this is kind of like a new technology. And some sometimes people that haven't used it before, they need training. They need to understand how to use it well. So this is where partners could come in and then say, 
This is the platform. This is how you work with it. You need probably developers to do your LM and do your governance. Uh, the admins needs to do the governance and the rest. Oh, we still need the developers. I was <laughs> exactly. told that I don't need developers. <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry. You, you still you still need you still need those people. Like you know, it's you you can't kind of like you know uh, delete this foundation of you know going into this these procedures when deploying when doing the governance and all that and this is why fundamentally you can't you know throw out those people the admins and the develop developers and but what does the government's covenant governance governance what does it mean in power platform it's all covered by microsoft it's all being supported what do you mean with governance why do why do i need to care what, what's with How that? much time do you have, Vesa? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, pretty, this is a very, yes. <laughs> very big question. This is a very big question. But just l let me let me summarize this because uh, when you are actually doing all those different apps, and especially in an enterprise environment, and you are presenting this capability and power to the citizen developers or to the business technologists, you basically uh, are kind of like, you know, multiplying the number of apps you're having in your enterprise. And this is something that you need to have control. Remember that I said this is kind of like a plate that have you know an abstract of APIs, which means that it's connecting to different services. This is something that you need to govern because data could leak outside of your company if, if you don't have the right policies, the right way of using the tools in your company or enterprise. So that's very important to have those roles and build those governance rules and tell you know your customers and where partners come in as well help here and tell them this is what you need to do you need to put policies to you know disallow people to post things on twitter probably this is going to be critical information on your systems and that you know so this is a very simple answer for a very you know big yeah, question yep, yep. <laughs> Well, and I guess maybe another one related to that, right? Because like Power Platform isn't really the only system in the world that allows no-code, low-code building apps, right? So what, what what is the benefit for companies who are on Microsoft technology to use Power Platform as opposed to something else, something external? And I, like there are a number of, of them, so let's don't call any names to, to avoid having, you know, favorites. But... Like, what would be the benefit for customers who already are on Microsoft technology to use Power Platform on something else? Yeah, well, when you when you come to think about it, I, I want to mention, I, I wouldn't say licensing because it does have its own licensing model. And it, licensing is something that is always debatable. It's something that we cannot discuss today here. But I would say that Regardless whether that you work with Microsoft or you work with non-Microsoft technologies, adopting the Power Platform gives you the power to connect to different services in 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 you know in apps and stuff that you could just build. Either you could just automate uh, things, or you could just build build apps that integrate into your systems, your data, and even if that connector or API does not exist within the list of connectors from the Power Platform, you could build your own. Or even you could find something within the independent publisher connectors library as well. Somebody as a third party, somebody like me could build, you know, a connector based on API that is available. I don't have to own the API. I could just build an API for our connector and then people could use it. So I wouldn't say there is a specific benefit for people that are using Microsoft. I would say that generally it is a benefit, regardless whether you work with a Microsoft or non-Microsoft, you would find connectors for, you know, both. So one, one, one thing that I can come up with thinking about it, like as you talk through it, is the when you onboard or offboard, like that manages your access to all services that you expose within power. Right, because like when you join, well, you get an account on 365, and that account already grants you the access to all all connectors you have, meaning all the data that is exposed to you within the org. When you leave, your account is gone, and that instantly removes all of your access to anything. Right, because like if that would be an external system, well, somebody needs to think, oh yeah, we have this thing there, and we need to remove John from there too, because otherwise John can still <laughs> access everything. Right, but but then you need to have governance on your right. system. 
<laughs> or at least a document, yeah. right? That is somewhere exactly. on a shelf in somebody's these office now, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, at least in Microsoft world, we have the Azure AD, which we kind of always take credit. We always forget about that it's even exists, exactly. but it's actually it's a mind-blowingly great thing. You it's remove the that account from that Azure AD, everything, right? Done. It's it's so secure, and it's amazing that I just watch this camera every single morning, and poof, <laughs> I have access on everything. So it's just. Wow. Through the exactly. camera. Through the camera, yes. <laughs> Through That's the lens. Interesting. Yes. You don't have that? I would, yeah, no. let's not talk about this more. So it's, I'm on it, a Mac. I guess it's I'm on a Mac, so, so that is why. Feature, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Now, if we don't dwell on that a bit, I wanted to ask actually from you, uh, Ahmed, also that you, you, done a, you, you have a developer background. You've seen the development side of the world. You've done even probable server-side code at some point and all of that. And then we're transitioning to this no-code, low-code world. Um, one of the, there's actually two questions which I want to ask. Uh, so this one came um, as I was asking oh, yeah, the previous question. Now, Something, some, something which is uh, we all. Well, it has its own uh, preference on the discussion points. I have something which I always come up with. I always raise on the discussion, which is the good enough IT. How do you see the transitioning from the pro dev and development mode to this low code, no code, which seems to be hiding, hitting us to that? Hey, click a button, it works. I don't care. Uh, is that the, the quality of the the quality doesn't matter that much anymore? Is that something what you're seeing, or is that um, is is that something what the customers are willing like? Hey, it's good enough, it works, and then we'll deal with the consequences when it breaks afterwards. Or how do you see the transitioning from this waterfall kind of a way of doing things versus hey, end user, you can actually do stuff now, awesome. <laughs> or are we back on the governance discussion on the related on that? That, that is a very good question. When when you look at it, uh, as I mentioned before, during as well this uh, this discussion, that people want to think fast, and that's why you need an abstract. So basically, you're instead of kind of like you know building your Lego bricks all from scratch, you already have a pre-built those Lego bricks, and then you could just reuse them everywhere. So what th this means that you're saving time. You don't have to build those bricks all over again, which basically money. You know, when, yep. if you're using money, is sorry, time is money. So if you're using more time, they're using more money. But basically, you're saving, you know, a lot of money when doing that. So this is yep. one thing. The other thing that when you're talking about it, it's quality is not important or not that important. Well, that does not mean that you know traditional developers is going to go away. There's still there's some you know room for customization. There's always going to be room for customization because there's going to be specific business cases that needs to be covered somewhere out there. And until this moment, despite that we have those abstract of the APIs, we still use APIs that does have its own business logic to implement on things that we have inside a flow or inside a power app, which means that the traditional developers did not actually go away. They still need to build those you know, function apps, and then we connect to them through our workflow and then do all the stuff. So that's, the quality is still important, but now you do it on a very higher pace. You do it yeah. faster, which means that you're saving money. Yeah. Maybe also another aspect of it, again, as I think through the things you say, maybe what's changing is that if you think in the past, like way back when, when I wasn't even around, like the only way to build, build apps was punch cards. Like that was yeah. the tech. Like it was, you want an app, you build, you have to have a punch card. So, so that was that. So that also dictated that the number of apps that have been built. Fast forward now, we have richer technology that allows more easily building apps. And maybe it's not even at the cost of quality because it's abstracted away. Sure, you cannot do, maybe do everything that you might be able to do in assembly or in C because you don't have that low level access to hardware. Yep. But in the context of a business app, you don't need that. So you can more easily build relatively good enough quality apps or good quality apps without sacrificing quality because it's abstracted away for Absolutely. only to the things that you need, right? So maybe it is a kind of a balance and a shift and not really a trade-off. That, that is correct. That is totally correct. And not to mention that you're also giving this capability to the business developers or business technologists that they don't have the capability to develop uh, apps. 
So basically, you're just giving them power, transferring this power of connecting to the different systems that you have. You're just giving it down to those who are, you know, sitting with in front of the business, and they're able to get the data from the systems in the way that they want it, and even automate things or probably show it in a power app without for you as a developer to get in and. You know, each time they want to build something to help them, they could just, you know, do that themselves. It is just this kind of like, you know, small hurdle, which basically you could solve with building this small connector and just give it away for those people. And then they are able to build apps. You you had a question on governance, Vesa. Again. Yeah, stop, stop having questions about governance, Vesa. <laughs> <laughs> so trying to go back to your governance question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You, but now you mentioned the, the, the connectors. The can we talk no. about a bit about... Sorry, can, can we talk about a bit about... <laughs> you need to leave some hang of the, the cliffhangers, so we'll get back on those in the episode when you're back. Anyway, oh, the governance um, show. <laughs> 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 but you mentioned the connectors, um, and and you also already mentioned in the start that you've been part of the independent connectors work from a day one. Uh, Natalie from Microsoft side started that. Uh, we've been having good connection with Natalie because we've been brainstorming a lot of the, the ideas. She's really the fundamental engine on pushing that things forward. Can you talk about a bit about what does that mean, and why why are you contributing open source program like that for free? Because you're not benefiting out of that with their money. What not, a the sing, not, a, not, not a single cent. Not a single yeah. cent. And, 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 and this is important. First of all, you guys are part of the community. You understand how the community works. But this is something that we need to tell everybody. It is. This is how you kind of like you know pay back all what the community have contributed to you all over the years. Like I was nobody before I was you know part of this community, but the community helped me and lifted me up. And I learned a lot of things from everybody, including you guys. And this is what we do. We try to as well, not only help, you know, the people in the community, help everybody that wants to be part of this, that wants to, you know, do their work better, do stuff better. So this is this is something, it is, it's an open source. It's open for everybody to work with the independent publisher connector to be part of the team. And this is how we kind of like, you know, pay back again to the community for all this, you know, things. So this is one thing. The other thing is, like, people always have, you know, you know, different business needs. The, you know, uh, me myself, I would like to solve problems. Uh, I would like to help people solve their problems. So I would like to kind of like, if they want to connect to some connector that is not available, to they want to automate things around it or show some data in some app. I would like to do that. I would like to help them out. So. I come in, step in, you know, build some kind of connector and then make it available. And this connector would be available in Logic Apps, you know, Power Automate, Power Apps, and they could use it every day for their business to help them out in what they do in the day-to-day work that they do. So this this is how I feel. You kind of like, you know, feel the love for contribution. And it's something that's very important here. Uh, I remember that one question that was asked to me by my MCP. And she asked me, like, why would you like to be an MVP? And I said, like, it doesn't it doesn't matter why I would like to be an MVP. I would still contribute and share my knowledge regardless whether I'm an MVP or not, because this is who I am. This is how I feel I need to contribute to the community. And this is how we actually do it. You guys are already part of the community even before I was there. So you understand what I'm saying. Um, absolutely. <laughs> now, from a timing perspective, this is good discussion, but we need to be strict on the timeline <laughs> so we don't go two hour long sessions. <laughs> we also wanted to talk about bit about the future of the Power Platform. Um, there was a quite re- relatively recent uh, mention related, related on release wave two on the Power Platform, which is actually really cool. I, I, I kind of, uh, well, I, I work in the ODSB and Teams uh, engineering, and I kind of a bit of a jealous about how the Power Platform does their communications <laughs> because they actually do it way advanced they they kind of half a year forward they say these things are coming within upcoming months which is really cool so rather than hey here's a feature here's a feature here's a feature but there was some new cool features coming off with the release too and we wanted to talk about that one a bit can you elaborate on that uh what's your take on the future absolutely so i just want to say that the power platform 
team at Microsoft and specifically the Power Automate team delivers, to, to be honest. like, and, and you guys deliver. As I've been part of the SharePoint community for so long, I'm still part of it, and i still kind of like interested in news, and you guys do an amazing job. But uh, I, I have to say that because I'm also involved in those meetings that we have, and we discuss different things that we want to be part of the platform, and then like all of a sudden, boom, there you have it. It's coming in the release wave. And this is really amazing. So part, part of those, you know, uh, exciting uh, features that I'm so excited about is actually generate expressions from examples. And this is specifically something that we've discussed in the last meeting that we have with Microsoft. So you kind of like, you know, have a template of an expression and you want to kind of like, you know, make an example. So let's say that you want to uh, remove all the spaces in some string or something like that. So you would have an example, and then you could just generate expressions out, out from examples. Ah. So something that is so really you have the before and the after, and then that basically is kind of AI-driven thing. Okay, you want to go from this to that, and you give it examples, and then it comes up. That's pretty cool. So, so, so this is this is kind of like you know something that they 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 showed us, and, and then they kind of like you know said that and they. And all of a sudden, it's like it's part of part, part of the release wave. So this is really wow. amazing. Um, another thing is is actually that we we always struggled with is actually the the parse JSON action. So usually, if when you parse data and if the the data that you have or the dynamic content that you have is null, you always get an error. But oh. right now, it, it handles the error. It, as simple as is actually as, you know, probably you think this is a very stupid feature, but it's as simple as it is, it's really important. Um, well, well, yeah, when you know the, <laughs> how would you have to handle that? That eliminates quite guess, a few yeah, steps, exactly. right? Because like exactly. in, in, in the code, you would say, well, you get the uh, the response from uh, from an API, and then you say, if this, then that. But in a flow, well, that's an if block, and then the whole branching. And it's like it adds yeah. complexity. And if you you can avoid that, it's like that right. makes the whole thing so much easier, right? That yep. is correct. That is correct. And one thing is I'm actually excited about, and I think this is a door opener for having a state machine. I don't know. But I'm, I'm not saying that this is going to be a feature, but I'm just saying this is a door opener for you know flows to have state machine. But there's going to be support for sequential approvals in Power Automate. And what does that mean? That you could define multiple level stages in an approval flow within Microsoft uh, Teams and Microsoft Flow uh, Power Automate, sorry. So you could define who needs to approve the flow, the different levels and stages, and then the approval request goes to the next stage after all the approvals in the previous stage approve the flow. So this is very, in simple details, what a sequential approval is. Yeah. But basically, if someone rejects, then the flow at any stage, then it is considered rejected and it's passed to the subsequent stages if it's approved. So all approvers can see the uh, the history of the approvals at each stage and outcome. And I think this is actually going to be a door opener for having a state machine. So if they're doing this in kind of like, you know, a wizard or whatever, it's actually doing the magic behind the scenes. This is something that could be also abstract how you could do state machine. You could say that those are the stages. And this is how we are actually moving back and forth between them and all that. So we don't have to do any workarounds for doing state machines then. Yeah, I recall I recall that was Stersh, I think. Did did he try to build the whole like very intricate state machine and flow, and it was like you would really need a like full wall monitor to see it, all the different <laughs> things. So if we can bring all of that down to like something you can watch on your phone, like that would be brilliant, I guess. Yep. So actually, <laughs> what you what you need to use is actually use a while, and then you set this variable that if the while is still kind of like, for example, let's say not done, so this is the while is going to be looping. The infinite, yeah. Exactly. So inside the the while is going to be uh, for a, sw a switch case, and the switch case is actually moving through, you know, the different stages. So basically, you're just doing a workaround. It works. I've tried it myself, and 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 it works. But if you make it like a little bit easier for you, and even abstract more for the end user to yeah. kind of like you know make things those easier. So this would be awesome. Like. 
I, I, that, for example, be called because I myself work with Nintex. Nintex does have an action that is called state machine. You just drop it and then define the stages and define what happens in, in each stage and how it actually the flow works, how it jumps between the stages, and that's it. So it could be something similar. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? That's actually like, really get, cool. Yeah, I guess we're out of time. I guess we are unfortunately out of time. Now, Ahmad, <laughs> anything interesting what's happening this week? Well, or, the or for us things. to get him back in the future again, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> so something interesting I want to mention here. Uh, first thing is about myself. I am actually writing a book about uh, Power Automate. It's going to be a cookbook. Uh, writing this with O'Reilly Publishing. So this is going to be a, a big book. The release is going to be not the, the next year, probably at the beginning of the year after. But this is... Uh, going to include a lot of recipes in Power Automate. Uh, it's for kind of entry level and intermediate level. Hopefully, I would get the chance to write an advanced book uh, that is more, you know, intermediate advanced. So this is the first thing. Uh, the second thing cool. that things that are actually interesting happening, uh, I am actually speaking at the Nordic Summit, which is happening in September. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, also doing a workshop, but. You know, people are not probably thinking about doing workshops these uh, days, but uh, doing a workshop on governance, uh, me and Claire Edgson, my career advisor at Avenir, and hopefully we'll do the workshop and also doing another session on uh, the AI builder as well at the Nordic Summit. So I think I'm also scheduled to speak at uh, something uh, around uh, November time. I think that I, I was supposed. I think I'm going to the European SharePoint conference. I'm yeah, not the sure. SharePoint Hague. Yeah, yeah. It's I am. and it's no I longer am. European SharePoint conference. It's the <laughs> Microsoft 365 Azure SharePoint, whatever. The, it's it has yeah. a massively <laughs> long name now. I right. can't remember what it is. But yes, it's not a conference about whose SharePoint. name we we don't know. Used no to be know. SharePoint conference. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the conference formerly known as the European SharePoint conference. I will check this one out right now. It is European SharePoint Office 365 and Azure Conference 2022. All right. All right. Oh, okay. European Perfect. SharePoint Office 365 and Azure Conference. Uh, I, I think, uh, let me see. Yeah, I'm doing a, a workshop. A yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm do, doing well, a workshop yes, research. There. Yes, yeah. I can see you from the list. So <laughs> it's good. Excellent. And I'm, I'm there as well, I guess. Yes, I'm there. Cool. So What? <laughs> I'm not. You're not. I'm not. Anything interesting while they're on your side? So let's do a quick... Uh, I've been away for four weeks. This, as we're recording this, is my things. first day uh, at work. Uh, so I'll be catching up with emails. <laughs> I, I've already done my email. It, it, it wasn't really that bad. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> Command wow. A, I'm still catching up. archive. I've been up here for a week. I'm still catching Command up. Command <laughs> A, archive. Like, well, I mean, there's, sure, there's a lot of things going on. But in reality, there are just a few things that are very important. And then everything else is like, we will get to that eventually. So like, yeah. I don't have a fear that I missed anything. And if I have, well, then people know hey, where to find again. me. I'm here again. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. so yeah. So, so not, nothing planned yet other than regular meetings that I will have again this week. Yeah, nothing too traumatic for my side either. So catching up on things, catching up on things, catching up on things, you know, <laughs> starting. Well, we can clearly see that this week is now the first week when more and more people in Redmond are back, more and people are back from the they summer are. vacation. So it, it's actually clearly... This week, we're starting to see progress on things, which is good. So, And apparently, yeah. as we mentioned uh, when we started the discussion, the, the, the results on your reviews are coming this year in, today from Microsoft. So. Well, I'm still here. I haven't gotten, gotten a box to <laughs> yeah, pack my stuff. Exactly. So I guess it's a sign. <laughs> I, get that, I get that every single morning. I come to the computer and I'm like, oh. Checked in. Wow. Still can I log in? Functioning. Can I log in? Can I? Yes, I can. <laughs> cool. But anyway, thank you, Ahmad, for joining us. A really great discussion. Good to catch up. There would have been so many other questions to, and discussion points to cover. We'll get you back on the show uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, much sooner than than we did right now. It so only, it's going to be less than like three, four years or something, right? So to get you. So. <laughs> Thank you, very much. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me. I really felt the enthusiasm as well. I was talking to you. There's a lot of questions and I felt like the energy while we talking to each other. So I would like to be on the show again. I'll be humble. Thank Absolutely. you very much for having me.
Thanks, Ahmed. Thank you for really, really good. And then we'll jump to the weekly, weekly or monthly articles because this, this is the first episode <laughs> after a, a summer break. Fun. Thank you, Ahmed, for that one. You're welcome. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Ahmad, uh, from that discussion. Really good to catch up. And, and kind of a weird thing that you have not been in a show before. We should have actually addressed that. It's on <laughs> That's us. on our side. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is 174th episode, which, by the way, is super crazy once again when I'm thinking that number. But, um, and there's some people who've been in a show a few times. But we'll get you back. We'll absolutely get you back. Really good discussion. There were so many questions we had on the, on our super detailed script. Yeah, we which prepped. We prepped. We prepped. Like, this time around, we really prepped and we had more yeah. questions than minutes on a show so yeah no can do no can do unfortunately but thank you Ahmed really really good to catch up as well and, and hoping to see you in the spring conferences we are heading to in-person conferences <laughs> Ooh, amazing yes anyway let's jump on the articles this week um, we, and well this week so key articles from the past six weeks right correct so let's go there and I will share my screen so let's start with a latest news on the Microsoft Teams blog. Obviously, in the Microsoft side, we've been uh, having and taking advantage of the summer season in the Washington state as well. Uh, so there hasn't been a humongous amount of things, uh, but a lot of uh, good announcements and news as well. But if it would be six weeks in like October, there would be probably much more news. So that's what I kind of meant with. Don't look at me like that. Oleg, come on. I'm trying to think like, well, if it's conference season, then probably you wouldn't have because all announcement would be held oh, until the point. conference. So it's like, the, yes, that's it's always debate. Like, there's always two sides to everything, right? So True, true. Anyway, so let's go through the main announcements from Microsoft side. So first of all, uh, announcing Microsoft Teams optimized for Apple Silicon. Uh, you are an Apple user. What is this all about? Cor correct. So since a few years in the Apple ecosystem, you can get... MacBooks and Apple computers in two ways, right? So one is the Intel-based CPUs, and the other one are CPUs made by Apple. And yep. there is advantage to it, the M1s and the M1 Pros, the M2 CPUs that Apple made are faster, but they work a bit differently, right? And without going into the nitty-gritty details of differences and all that, um, in order for applications to truly benefit from the things that are different and optimized on the Apple chips, they need to be optimized for these chips, right? And yep. in this uh, announcement, we mentioned that we released Microsoft Teams that is optimized for Apple Silicon chips, right? So if cool. you use the new MacBook Pro with Apple chips, you can now use optimized Teams and benefit from your investments in your computer. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, then we also had the monthly summary for Microsoft Teams. We're not going to go through detailed on, on what was all the things announced here, but these, again, really awesome summaries related on what has happened and announced within the past month. So this one was the July 2022 uh, announcement and a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of stuff, but we're not going to go into detail to what's included in there. SharePoint, similar story. Exactly. So we have another, another announcement and our summary of what's new in SharePoint in July 2022. Yep. And SharePoint 1 actually includes a lot of the other things as well. So it's because, well, you know, behind of the scenes, SharePoint is actually everywhere. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, but there's a lot, a lot of like Viva and other announcements called out on this one as well. And, and also, uh, there's always typically the interest zone interview podcast as part of this monthly summaries as well from Mark Cashman. Now, uh, I wrote, well, technically I didn't wrote, I was just the, the, the channeling the message from uh, Ye Han, who's uh, one of the VMs from our platform team. Uh, but uh, I have access, other people don't necessarily have access, so we released this one, uh, which is the most used SharePoint framework solutions in the store, July 2022. And, and kind of a, a raw list of top 10 uh, solution providers in the store built with SharePoint framework for SharePoint Viva or Microsoft Teams. And then a quick summary on what are the things, what's happening in the future related on SharePoint framework. Now, new stuff, new stuff. Then we had a Microsoft Loop announcement. Exactly. So Microsoft Loop or Loop components are now in developer private preview. So you might have recalled that at the last build, we talked about them. Uh, and now they're available for you to sign up and see if like if you're interested in that tag to try and try it out and see if that how would they work within the apps you build on Microsoft 365. So really exciting things to 
bring those collaborative scenarios and features to your apps. Yep, really, really cool stuff. And and that's the real core collaborative scenarios, having real-time collaboration. Real, real-time collaboration, yeah. Yeah, which is really, really cool. Now, on the API side, OBS Microsoft Team is the... Microsoft Craft is the API of the Microsoft 365, and there are new available uh, e-discovery APIs for Microsoft Craft, which are now generally available. So they're now not only available from the beta endpoint, but also on the V1 endpoint. And then uh, these are actually something which is related on licensed functionalities because the features and functionalities are behind of these specific licenses. But it's really cool to have additional APIs available. Um, that is the API service is growing and growing so fast. Now, there was also an announcement of general availability on Azure Fluid Relay Service. What is this all exactly. about? Exactly. So Call thinking that? more about, about the collaborative apps, right? Like one of the, the building blocks is the Azure Fluid Relay Service that supports applications to um, synchronize the data that they show across a client, right? Because like if you have a real-time app, if one person will change something in their app. Well, you want that change to be reflected within everybody who is currently working in the app because it's collaborative experience, right? Yep. So that is exactly what Azure Fluid Relay does. And it's generally available, meaning you can use it in your production apps today. Excellent. That That's really, really good news that we're finally releasing this one. So it's been a while in the making. Awesome job from the team. Now, uh, we also had a, uh, an update on the post notification to Microsoft Teams with .NET using Teams toolkit for Visual Studio, not Visual Studio Code, but for Visual Studio. And that's actually really, really cool as well. So kind of a typical scenario is posting notifications in Microsoft Teams activity field. And this talks about how to make those things happen and how to use uh, Teams toolkit in the Visual Studio ID, which is really, really cool. Thank you, John, on that one. So we announced a new version of SharePoint Framework, SharePoint Framework 1.15.2. Could have been actually SharePoint Framework 1.16, but it's pretty close to 1.15 release. And then a few things uh, slipped from that time frame. So we released 1.15.2, which had few main uh, features. Uh, actually, three I would call out from here. It's the integrated uh, Azure AD consent for API registration. Really important when if you're using third-party API solutions in Viva Connections, as an example, how do you actually grant those APIs to be available. Uh, also, media action type is now available, uh, generally available, so you can actually upload media assets uh, from the Azure Viva Connection Adaptive Card extension. So, as an example, when you're working in the, let's say, using first line worker, working somewhere, you're taking pictures with Viva Connection uh, functionalities in your mobile, you can actually upload assets uh, directly yeah. from there. And then uh, one thing what was really good as well, uh, so as part of 1.15, there was a pretty opinionated, so to say, uh, ES lint rules uh, provided, and we got a lot of feedback, our engineering teams got a lot of feedback on those, and they were now changed and adjusted uh, for 1.15.2 based on the feedback, because the feedback actually matters and counts. So thank you, thank you, everybody, for adjusting and providing us the input for adjusting these things. Really, really cool stuff. Now, we did also have something new on the Viva. Exactly. Viva. So a while back, we announced Viva Goals as, a, as one new module within the Viva brand. And Viva Goals, Goals is now GA, meaning teams and companies can plan their OKRs within Viva. So they don't need a separate point solution. They can do it within Viva with Viva Goals. Yeah, and directly within the teams in the context of their work, right? So because Exactly. Tagline. So <laughs> now we're really, really cool to have more Viva modules and even more to be announced. So there's a lot of, lot of new Viva modules being developed, uh, which is a cool thing as well. Now, we also announced uh, Microsoft Viva Sales to public preview. So this is a good example of an additional Viva module, which is Viva Sales, which is an integration with the Dynamics and CRM system. So really, really cool way of making sure that that side of the Microsoft investments, which you might have, is now being surfaced directly uh, through the Microsoft Teams experiences as well. Cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Uh, we also talked about Viva Learning. So Viva Learning has an API surface. Exactly. So we announced a new API for our Viva Learning that allows you to bring the content from your LMS, from your learn management system, into Viva Learning experience for the one experience within the context of Teams and where people 
already are, as opposed to having to, to have a separate system to which people need, need to go. So with yep. this API, you can bring in the content that you already have elsewhere to have that to have it in the Viva learning experience. Makes perfect sense. Anyway, learning is part of the day-to-day -day work nowadays, so it's important that we're tracking who's learning what and surfacing the relevant learning experience uh, where the people are working in the context of their work. <laughs> You're getting good at this. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, we also had a update related on uh, Viva Topics, so language support and management updates for Viva Topics, uh, written by Grace McNulty. Uh, so this is a August update coming from last week. So Viva Topics is evolving as well. So a lot of lot of steps forward and feed new features all across the Microsoft 365 within the past six weeks. Now let's move then on the Microsoft 365 platform community blog site, where we had also a lot of lot of great community uh, articles and community announcements uh, and blog posts articles. I'll send the blog posts. Yes, there. I have no idea what I'm talking. That's good. Fine. Move on. Now. Yes. Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> So Marcus Miller had an article related to Microsoft 365 development security from full trust to zero trust. So basically, uh, how should we approach uh, the security on our implementation and how, what are the different elements and authentication frameworks and so on, what are we using on accessing information? So really nice blog post from Marcus uh, from Avenate going through all of the different scenarios. Then there was an article from uh, Martin Link. Link Style. You can pronounce that. Link style. style. That's a, yes. that's a Dutch way of pronouncing. Yes, it is yes. because he is Dutch. Yes. <laughs> <There we go>. <laughs> <laughs> so he had an article about seven reasons to contribute to the community, and it's something that we talk about on and on and on about like why would you do that? Why would you choose to spend your time, whether work or your personal time, to contribute to community? So this article gives you some of the top of mind reasons why would you like to engage and what are the possible benefits for you to grow as a person or even as a company? Yep, really, really good. Thank you, Martin, on that one. Uh, then there will, we had a blog post from uh, Ifeni Beni Ihagwara, and I do apologize on the pronunciation, probably went wrong, about Power Query ETL capabilities. Um, and basically, uh, ETL means extract, transform, and load capabilities uh, for the Power Query and how that actually works, what is Power Query, what is the benefits out of it, and where do you actually use that in the context of Power BI. So really, really cool uh, blog post related on those as well. It's good to remember Power BI is part of the Power Platform. So it is one of those offerings through the same organization, uh, through same capabilities. And at least personally, I use Power BI all the time, but I don't know how much you're using. Not at all. You don't use Not at all? <laughs> Not, at all? Not yet. Fine. Because Fine. you have the data, so you, you use it so that I don't have to. Or at That's least true. you yes. prepare the reports for me to look at. <laughs> that is fair. That's fair. <laughs> Good point. Cool. Then we had a article from Louis Paypot. Yes, about creating a SharePoint site using the configuration of another site. So in other words, you have kind of blueprint site, and then you want to use that as a site to create additional sites off off. So this really classic way of having a template site, a blueprint site, and creating more sites of it. You set things up once, whether that's a project or workspace or whatever it is, and then you want to have more sites of this template. Really, really classic scenario. A uh, lot of customers are asking that. So thank you, Luis, on, on that one. And then there was a blog post from Eli Shea, uh, upload files to SharePoint with JavaScript using Microsoft Graph and Microsoft Authentication Library. So really focusing on the on the Graph usage uh, with the, within the context of the Microsoft identity and how do we actually make that happen and uploading essentially then well, as the final step, uploading files to the SharePoint, because where else would you store your files? Uh, well, maybe one try of SharePoint. Why would you store files in a SharePoint? Well, like, why, why do you want to? Why do you want to store? If no, I store, why, I store, why? Why? Why do you want to store files in a SharePoint or in one try? What's the benefit versus versus file versus compliance, legal versus storage? what? Versus what is the benefit versus what? <laughs> versus versus the, um, that's yeah. Where else would your computer? 
I don't know. USB stick. <laughs> Fl floppies. Yeah. Of course, you put your files in the SharePoint or in a OneDrive, so they're safe in the cloud, regardless of your hardware. Even and they under the compliance, illegal. Exactly. You can put them in exchange. Disaster recovery. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good, good. Um, then we had a blog post from Rashmi Oklo. Yes, delete, and that's about uh, uh, deleting all redirect sites after tenant rename. So when you move a site, there is a way to redirect from the old URL to the new URL, but apparently when you rename tenant, you, there is some additional work to remove those stale so redirects so. to the new ones, or yeah. yeah, to get rid of these old links. So yep. in this article shows how you can do that in PowerShell. And, and just to be clear, it's not super common that you change the tenant name, but it is actually nowadays supported. So it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, that it you can happens, actually make you it know, happen. with merger, when companies yep. merge or being acquired yep. or whatever. Yeah, it, it happens. And there's, there's even those customers who started in the cloud like 10 years ago and they just took a URL and now they're like, well, but I want to change that. It's They took a GUID as a URL of their tenant. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> so no that would ever. be good. That would be good. <laughs> Uh, then we had a blog post from uh, Arash Aghani, ha Yani, uh, how to display data from multiple SharePoint lists using BFHS and data tables. So actually really, really cool blog post for SharePoint framework um, on accessing the information using BFHS from the SharePoint, which by far the easiest way of Classic accessing scenario. information. Classic scenario, yep. content query web part going way back yep. when, aggregating data from multiple lists and sites across your yep. tenant, definitely. And then showing that as a, as a single output in a single table. So really, really cool. Obviously, you need to be careful on the performance impact on what are you actually querying, because the content query web part was a super famous on the fact that you can take almost any farm down just by querying everything and then showing the exactly. 10 lines. <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah. And it had cache that worked only in some cases. So very, yeah. very yeah. vivid memories of that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're dinosaurs. Now, uh, CLI, there's a new version. Exactly, new release of CLI for Microsoft 365, version 5.6, not 4. We've been on last year. 5.6, and the most important change here is added support for upgrading SharePoint framework projects to the recently released and announced version 1.15.2. So with this yeah. version of CLI, which is the latest one re released, you can bring your SPFX projects to the latest version of uh, SPFX and benefits from the latest investments there. Along with that, many new additions and improvements, so check it out. And there's also a preview version of the version six that breaks some things. Unfortunately, we need to do that to clean things up as we go, we will ship V6 towards the end of this year, but we already ship a preview so that if you have a script or you have something else that you want to ensure that it will work, you can check it out already today. Yep, pretty, pretty cool. So good. And then we had a blog post from Casper uh, Larson updating your list forms using your provisioning tool of choice. So how do you create your custom list forms, uh, which are basically the JSON definitions? In a list, there seems to be a missing image, unfortunately. Here's something to double check. Uh, but basically, how do you manipulate the objects behind the scenes, which we can set to then change the behavior of rendering in the UX side? Unfortunately, the the image seems to be missing. Uh, we need and to the code snippet seems to be broken as well. properly adjusted. Yeah, we need to double check on this one. Uh, that is something on, on the blog post side as well. But thank you, Casper, on pushing that out. And, and we can talk about this one potentially next time if it's getting uh, fixed by then. Then there was a run Azure DevOps pipelines by uninvited users to projects from Power Platform. That sounds suspicious, by uninvited users. I think what it what it means <laughs> that these these users aren't a part of your power platform or Azure or like there are external folks I guess yep. and you want to allow them to run it so I think that that yep. is the scenario which apparently people have to use for so maybe that yep. that's something like when you work with customers or you work in their tenant and you're a guest exactly. um, maybe that would that would apply there so an interesting case nonetheless. Yep. 
Yep, makes perfect sense. And I guess no, this one I say good one from Adam. See you from today. From today, from today. It's from really today. fresh. It is. It is. How cool is that? So, what is the Microsoft 365? How do you get to start using it? Uh, what are the tips and tricks related on it? A lot of cool uh, inputs and teasers and tips and uh, around uh, the usage. So, and a lot of lot of emojis. So, thank you, Adam, on those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading the energy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, a few blog posts also from external locations. Uh, so, Marcus Miller had a blog post around Teams meeting details with the Bot Framework SDK. So, how do you get the Teams meeting details when you are in a Bot Framework and using the Bot Framework SDK? This is not necessarily as simple as it sounds, or that wasn't as simple as it sounds, because it wasn't <laughs> a super detailed, get an ID, get the meeting details. No, 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 no. A bit more complicated than no, that. No, no, no. No, so it it is really interesting article. When you build apps for Teams, you are likely to need that. So this is a great resource to have uh, bookmarked in your bookmarks. Yep, absolutely. Then we had an update uh, related on a PMP script sample. Uh, so there are a lot of lot of different uh, scripts and script samples. And uh, Todd Clint had an update related on force user property profile property index and this relates on the search so you can basically make sure that whenever a profile properties are being updated uh, they are getting updated also in the search results which is a quite important uh, topic thank yeah. you Todd on that and then uh, Mark B. Anderson had a blog post related on design UX. Exactly. So talking about the um, the modern sites, which I don't know if we are still allowed to call them modern sites because they've been modern be for modern last for many. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So <laughs> the contemporary, the the sites that everybody uses by now, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, what are the different elements? What are the abilities for you to change the way they look like? And how far you should go? Right, so this is really an, in, an interesting opinion for you to take into account when you build an internet, where you build communication sites or workspace, and you want to give it your own UX UI, but then you also need to know when to stop without going too far and causing too much rework down the line, or even potentially going to the point where things will break. Right, so these are really interesting ideas that Mark shared with everybody to benefit from. Now. Back in the time, we used to have custom master pages and it had full freedom uh -huh. to do whatever you wanted, but that had a downside which nobody actually thought about. So it had well, a lot of, lot of impact. Eventually. Well, they did. Eventually, they, it hit uh, the people, <laughs> but it was so much fun to do crazy UX elements until you started figuring out maintenance and uh, getting the latest hey, and greatest features. Why am I not getting this feature? And, well, because exactly. it's not in your master page. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Good, good. Uh, that's been a while we're, already. We're Luckily, master pages don't use master pages. Don't, 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 don't. In the modern, there in, is no master pages. They, in the new experiences, there is no master pages. That is true. And then the last. Still there. No, they're not. Well, you cannot customize to customize. Doesn't the matter. They're still there. Uh, well, <laughs> anyways. Anyway, Chris <laughs> had a blog post uh, during the six week summer break as well. Really good. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, is that related on Syntex. Uh, he's been working on the SharePoint Syntex and document management services. And, and it is really, really mind-blowingly cool to have the machine learning artificial intelligence behind us since helping with the document management services. And that's getting a lot of, lot of investments in the future as well. And he talks about how the SharePoint Syntex assessment tool can help. So how do we, how do we use the Syntex assessment tool and what does it actually provide and how it can help to make things happen. So, and, and understanding the data, understanding the information, what's available within a tenant. So really, really cool stuff as well. Thank you, Chris, on that one. And that's it. We didn't cover those so many, 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 many community blog posts uh, during the six There's weeks There's more. Well. <laughs> but we, then we decided we cannot go through all of them. So we needed to prioritize a few of these. Thank you everybody for your blog posts and contributions um, for the community, and we'll get back on the weekly cycle after this. We are back. We are back yeah. on the weekly cadence now. Yes, yes, exactly. I guess, at least I hope so. Are we? Yeah. I guess we are. Do we, we, are. Do we did, did, did we sign another year? I guess we did. I mean, you didn't. I, I, I was offered a 10 million signing bonus on doing a podcast for they another year. you for this? 
<laughs> no, I was listening the story of Spotify earlier today in a lunch break, and uh, there's the, the video story of Spotify, and it's actually interesting, mind blowing when when you listen to that, and then it's like, yeah, and then they offered a hundred one hundred million exclusive podcast deal for that and that person. It's like, how much? How much again? <laughs> Is it really that, million. that interesting? Podcast? Where panel, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the audience, right? Yeah, but it's we're, exactly we're the same thing. To, yeah, yeah, we're pretty close to the same level. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me check our stats. I think we need a few <laughs> few zeros exactly. before the coma. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. But cool. We already went through the the weekly summaries. I guess uh, we're back. Uh, we will hit the the two hundred episodes. Just on the holiday season, actually. Right? Really? 20, 20 weeks? 20, 20 weeks? 20 weeks yeah. forward? What week One, is it? 26. Yeah. 26 weeks more. So half a year, roughly. Yep, exactly. Well, exactly so, half a year. So before next summer break, we will hit 200 episodes. Just a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> a Tuesday, actually. Cool. Yes. Anyway, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, please do give us feedback, inputs, suggestions, ideas, if you want to see certain specific versions. If, if you feel that you should be actually a visitor in here, ping us and say, hey, I would love to be a visitor in your show. Why haven't you called us? And why haven't you asked uh, for me to be here? It's okay uh, to reach out as well. And all these inquiries to <laughs> <laughs> at microsoft.com. Uh, <laughs> No emails, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, direct messages, all of that stuff. That's better than the email. And also on the on the Twitter hashtag uh, BMP Weekly uh, is the right way of tag your things. So we will notice what's actually happening within the community. Of course, we'll try to find all of the goodness without those as well. But it makes a bit easier to find uh, the latest things. Do we have a PMP Weekly dog that can sniff interesting articles? That would be really good. Oh, we can write the software which would actually kind of a scan all of the interesting articles which mentions Microsoft 365 development. And then, then I know there would be this kind of a text box which you can go and then you can write down an interesting idea. You click a button and it would show you the... I think we have a great idea here. <laughs> you mean like search engine, but then better. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's the same as the search. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but then proactively, it knows what, what we need up front, so it just gives it to us. Because that's artificial intelligence, absolutely. <laughs> it's artificially intelligent, yes. <laughs> artificially intelligent. Anyway, anyway, thanks everybody for watching. We are back, and, and thank you for watching or listening. And, we're and back. give us feedback. And we're back. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>